It's a new week, and that means a new episode of Book of Boba Fett is out. It's been a whole new chapter in the book, and Jack is on today, just Jack and I, to discuss it all after the jump. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Kenobi! Rebellions are built on hope. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Never tell me the odds. Well done. You're a rebel now. Hello there, rebels, and welcome to Reckless Rebellion, a podcast about all things happening in the galaxy far, far away. I'm your host, electrifying force sensitive that toes the line of balance, Thomas Carter Rochester, and with me is the greatest mind the rebellion has to offer, Scarif Native and Anakin's favorite youngling, Baby Jack Jack Pews! Hey, hey, everybody. Thomas, it's just you and me this week. This is, this is a, I think, a brand new thing. We've never done this before. I'm ready to go. Oh, yeah. You're wearing the Florida State hoodie? Let's oh, yes. Go. Let's yeah. go, Knowles. How about last Let's night? Go. Oh, yeah. I found that out today. <laughs> oh, dude. I, this first game I've watched all season, I was like, you know, I'll turn this on, and it was fantastic. Oh, yeah. So in case you're wondering, Florida State beat Duke in uh, college basketball. Uh, roll, tribe, roll. Uh, <laughs> had, had to sneak it in. You've never heard that. I've oh, never heard that. And I you don't it. live in the Alabama sector of uh, the not. Florida. If I say, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, nah, but we, yeah, no, that actually I got from down south. Actually, it was down in Central Florida. I should say, I did um, something I picked up in uh, good old Coolidge. But we are recording on January nineteenth. 2022 and coming up on today's show we're here to just pay our tributes to lord fett and our supreme leading flagship topic but before all that jack jack how you doing man i'm doing good it's been a weird day i woke up i tried to wake up early didn't happen i wanted to watch the book of boba fett i watched it i had a good time just a little spoiler or non-spoiler review there quick one um but yeah, I'm. I was a little tired, but I was like, you know, what? I'll watch Book of Boba one more time before we do this show. And now I'm. I'm. I don't know. I'm, I got an energy, and it, it's kind of weird that I have this energy considering what I thought about this week's episode. But I'm. I'm here. I'm excited. The ending was great. I don't know, Thomas. Let's let's do it, man. Heck yeah, man. I I, I like that. Yeah, you. It has been a weird day. It's been a long day, and. We're just gonna cut straight through it all. Actually, no, you know, let's, let's pause real quick. Have you been watching anything? It's just the two of just the two of us. We I don't can, know that song. What are you saying? We can tangent if we try. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. You know what's sad? You could be one hundred percent serious or joking right now about not knowing that song, and I can't tell. <laughs> I'm trying to like scour my brain because it sounds so familiar. <laughs> what song is that? It's it's called Just the Two of Us. Well, I but, assume that. Um <laughs> by, by Bill Wathers and Grover Washington Jr. I do believe Will Smith has a version of it as well. I'm um, listen to that song after the show, and then I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, that one. I go through this with my girlfriend or fiance now all the time. Yeah. So. I, yes. keep, I keep messing that up. I know thing. the Will Smith version. Okay. I was like, is it Will Smith? I was like, but he's not singing that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Have you been watching anything, uh, you know, outside, in, inside, outside the Star Wars realms? 
have I been watching anything? Oh, 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 oh. I started Euphoria because oh. my fiance was telling me, you got to watch it. She just finished season one. She's like, I don't really know what to think. And she's like, you got to watch it. got to watch it. So I started it. It's tough. It's it's a grind. Um, I, there are times <laughs> when I'm just kind of staring at the screen, not knowing what's going on. But uh, it's really good. And I think it's weird because Zendaya, you know, I grew up with her on Disney Channel. Um, and then she was in the Spider-Man movies. And she, I think she definitely just did an awesome job with No Way Home. But she's next level in this show. I mean, like, I, I'm mm. shocked that, like, I, I've always heard good things about it, but her performance is just so, like, grounded, unique, and layered. I, it, she's blowing me away, and I, I'm very excited to see what she does with the rest of her career. So that's what I'm watching. How about you, Thomas? Uh, I have been watching the sequel trilogy, uh, powering through right. that for, I say powering through, but I only say that just because time is so short. And fitting in two and a half hour movies into <laughs> a week <laughs> is tough sometimes. It's um, a little tough. You know, we got all this other content. But, you know, uh, I've been doing that and I'm on Rise of Skywalker. It's been fun, you know, and I've been watching football. <sighs> oh, yeah, football. Football's been uh, – it's been an interesting year in the playoffs even now. Like, I, I couldn't even give you a solid prediction at this point for the Super Bowl. I have no idea. I, uh, outside of my game, <laughs> I didn't want right? to bring it up. Thomas. The Cowboys and Niners game. I would have picked every single winner. Right. And I wouldn't have picked my game because I genuinely didn't know which version of the Dallas Cowboys were going to show up. And I knew for a fact that if they ran the ball and we couldn't stop it for a half, we were going to lose. And we did. And then we had dumbass coaching. And I'm like, oh, is it Mike McCarthy or Jason Garrett? I can't tell. So I'm so upset. I just, I hate bad coaching, you know, 14 penalties in the playoffs. But oh, today yeah, yeah. he said, he says, and I quote, I know how to win. Do you though? Oh, he said that today? He said that in the media. And I'm oh, like, okay, if you know how to win, then why are we having this many penalties? That's step one of fundamentals of the football. Like, don't look at me with that two-tone beard, Mike McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, uh, I'm going to be honest. But my real issue is just Jerry Jones always picking coaches that can't get us over the hump. Because they're managers and not motivators. That's what the Dallas Cowboys need Ooh, with great okay. talent is a motivator. We need a John Madden. I mean, granted, John Madden was brilliant at football, right? But he was also a motivator. And oh yeah, uh, uh, Jason Garrett, <laughs> motivator. I, 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 you know, shout out uh, Scooter Magruder on the Clapper joke, but like not a not a motivator. Um, Bill Parcells motivator look what our teams were built as there jerry jones can build a football team with talent he's always had problems with hiring coaches and getting along with coaches but that's okay because one day i will die and i just pray to god between that time i witnessed one super bowl same here, Thomas. With my team. I don't even <laughs> don't, want to mention my team because Jack, I just don't want to get into Jack, it. No, you know what? We're here. We've got a, we've got time to tangent. The the Jacksonville Jaguars were 
I hate this so much. 1996, and you guys have a playoff record of seven and seven. I don't know what the Cowboys are, but we've only had a, like 11 total appearances and three playoff wins. So, yeah. I, when I saw that tweet, <laughs> I was like, whoa. I was yeah. blown away because, I mean, look, I – I've been living in the shit show of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're just overarching, devastating shadow across this city, but we still love them for some reason for, I mean, geez, when did, when did everything go to shit? Sometime before 2010, a little bit before 2010. And it's just been nothing positive. We had that one good year where the boat Blake Bortles took us to the AFC championship and, you know, Miles Jack mm. wasn't down. Liam Crowley, Patriots fan, said it himself. Miles Jack wasn't down. That's all I will say about that. Um, but it's it's been uh it's been a struggle to say the least. But to know that we've had seven playoff wins since we were created, essentially, since we were established back in 96, 95, whatever it was. Um, you know, that's it's 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 kind of nice to see something like that. It kind of brings a little bit of spirit back to me and yeah. Gives me hope that we'll pick a good head coach, but you know, I don't know why I still have hope at this point, Thomas. I don't know. Thank why. you, Jack. That's exactly how I feel with Jerry Jones. You know, yeah, he's been there my whole life, and they started sucking about the time I started being conscious of live football. So that's awesome. Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> Damn it, Jerry. We're gonna move on back to the. <laughs> Back to the sorry, ladies and gentlemen. That was uh, our little sports the pod here of uh, <laughs> what is it? What would we call it? We would call it a uh, ruthless aggression. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl, we like sports and we don't care who knows. Now let's jump in to our supreme leading flagship topic. <laughs> With the book of Boba Fett. Ready, Jack? Oh no. Hey, I think we nailed that. He's still going, guys. It's the show. <laughs> it's the show. No, I, I don't want to say I listened to it on repeat while I was in the shower to get like hype for the for podcasting, but that's 100% what I did. <laughs> amen. I, amen, um, I say that. It, every time I hear it, I find a new musical cue that makes me question what's going to happen in the show. Because it, it reminds me of He Who Remains theme that Natalie Holt did, where she oh, wrote that theme. So and good. Then, and then the whole score was broken up from that theme. It feels like in this show, it's done the same exact way. And oh, it's like the, if you, anytime he does something rising up, mm-hmm. like ascending, you get, you get that. Oh, 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 yeah. oh like that, that section. Mm-hmm. And then it rises up, you know, with the, and gets lighter and lighter. And usually they cut out the, vocals and add in some chimes there but this is about chapter four the gathering storm directed by kevin tankorian i do believe is how i you pronounce it i learned how to read written by john favreau 
uh it's it's a it's a decent episode right i think it's what 40 it's listed as 48 yeah i believe yeah. i think that's what it is listed as 48 when you cut out the uh what is that like about five minutes of credits okay. right? Okay. give or take you know it's a, it's right there it's not too bad and you skip forward through all the extra stuff it's longer than i anticipated i didn't anticipate the disney plus credits to be as short as they were um i feel like they were a lot longer on mando but maybe that's just me uh we start out right off the bat here on the reckless rebellion uh flagship topic of course with spoiler free thoughts and review we'll start with you jack so i think i tweeted out um last week with the first three chapters kind of like my grades of them and i said for episode one i i gave it a slightly above average for episode two i put as excellent i freaking love that episode so much episode three i put slightly below average and i'll say for episode four here chapter four i will put it at average for me um again okay. non-spoiler we'll, we'll get into specifics in a little bit but i will say I liked it a lot better, even though it's, you know, barely any grade change. I liked it a lot better than last week's. Uh, I think we talked about it in the Twitter DMs. You know, I kept thinking about last week's and then I kept thinking about the negative more and more. So it's kind of hankering down. But this week, this week, this week, I the, the tone in the flashback adventure, it felt more like Star Wars than last week's episode overall. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of the stuff I can't explain why. It's just, you know, you watch it and you're like, yeah, the Star Wars. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. And I felt that a lot this week, actually. Um, what else did I think? Uh, yeah, I guess in the end, though, the show is still fine for me. I'm I'm ready for the next three episodes to blow me away. They're clearly building to this kind of trilogy of episodes that's going to, you know, show all the payoffs, at least we hope. Um, but overall, you know, I, I, I had this thought, Thomas, and I, I will let you speak, I promise. Uh, um, I had this thought of this is really the first like serialized television Star Wars television show when you think like it's not that epis mm -hmm. episodic flavor that the Clone Wars Rebels Bad Batch Visions all have and even Mando it, Mando we kind of saw glimpses of it there was still an overarching story but like it, it, it still had, you know, the story would kind of wrap up in each episode to be, you know, your adventure of the week type feel. This is the first, like, each episode feels like a part one or a part two of this long story. And I'm not sure, I don't know if it's just John Favreau kind of figuring out how to write for this kind of storytelling or if it's just maybe I'm not used to it in Star Wars, but there's just something with this show that just feels off and I can't mm. put my finger on it. I think oh. I did with with the way they're telling a story, what I just said, but I don't know if that's it. I'm still figuring it out. I, I think honestly, I'm just got to wait till the end of the show to really have like a full thought on what I think of this series so far. But Thomas, please tell me, what did you think of this episode? I absolutely loved this episode. I wouldn't say it's my favorite. I still, I still think episode two in many ways is my favorite. Um, but in this episode, it's chapter four and it really hinges on the relationship between Boba Fett and Finnick Shand, which is something we've not seen before. Like we did, we seen it in passing, but even in the first three episodes of this, this series, it's 
in passing. It's little things. They have a shorthand, which is nice to know. Mm-hmm. So that now we get, you know, a spoiler alert, I guess, a little bit. We, you know, it's the it's not a spoiler, it's in the description. He partners up with Fennec Shan, right? So you know it's gonna be they're gonna be hanging out and they're gonna be doing stuff. Yeah. Um, but it carries the episode and it kind of makes me wonder why they saved it till this episode. Also, kind of doesn't, uh, based on where after the, the day kind of went along. I thought about it a little bit more. It's been 12 hours since I, you know, wrote that first note. I kind of think I kind of think I figured it out. And it's it's based on where I think it's all going to head. But overall, the action, yeah, the the action, the humor, chemistry and the pacing are just peak Star Wars to me. And it's important to know that peak Star Wars, when I say peak, I mean that in the sense that it is Star Wars and you can go, yes, "Yes, that's Star Wars. It's not always good. You're not going to love everything. But (laughs) that's kind of life. And, you know last little spoiler free part we're gonna talk about that final musical cue because cameos <laughs> feel imminent baby uh i 100 10 out of 10 recommend that almost rhymed this uh podcast <laughs> uh i mean this podcast excuse me <laughs> well, i mean no, yes we do, I do, this we do recommend the podcast that that we that we be working on but i recommend this show so fracking hard uh, because and i'll wrap it up with this and then i'll jump to why i think before we get into spoiler f- stuff on why i think the series feels different for you okay um I, seriously i need the help yeah. because i'm watching these episodes i'm like what is it what is it what is it uh so but this episode also uh, what i love about this is it answers long-standing questions about boba's time prior to his appearances in Mandis Mandalorian season two. And I've been waiting for it. And I have a theory as to why maybe they waited till this point. Um, but then it kind of, you know, ends by pointing us toward the future of the Pike war, which has been talked about this whole time. And I, Really, really, really cannot say anything else without diving into spoilers. So, without further ado, this is Grand Admiral Misron Rodo, and I need you to understand that past here are spoilers. Proceed at your own risk. So, before we go full spoilers, the reason, Jack, that I think... Uh, this feels different from other Star Wars or from the other series is that it really is a book uh, and it's taking its time. I think of, you know, the first four chapters as act one and honestly act one. I feel like the end of yeah. this chapter is the end of act one in a way. I think so too. But only because of how they decided to write the story up to this point same way about how i felt that the first four episodes of mando season one tell like a specific story and then it's like oh from there we're planet hopping every week because we're on the run kind of thing yeah yeah. in this case it ends and it's like now i think you know we're gonna get to what we're getting to but each chapter has its own important you know tone and information for the overall story 
but each episode kind of gets resolved. Uh, the, the conflicts of the episode get resolved because they're not that big because it's a little bit less of a TV show and more of a book um, in that, you know, they're weaving these two timeline narratives together. And it now seems we're in the spoiler section. So, you know, spoilers that the flashback to pod is maybe not going to be used next episode, but it it seems that the flashback to pod as we know it has come to an end with the pre Boba Fett, uh, pre Mando stuff of Boba Fett after the Sarlacc pit. I think the end result is going to be what everyone wants and what everyone was going for. Cause I'm, I figured I thought everyone would love this episode because it finally got to the point and re- like I thought yeah. last week got to the point and pointed us forward. But this week was like, oh, that's what we've been missing. Yes, that is an important piece of information. Thank you for reminding us about that. Now I see we can just dive forward. Um, But it's a book, man. It, that's I truly think that's what yeah. the difference is. And that's why I'm as high as it is on it as I, as I have been, because I'm looking at it. I look at, I, maybe that's why I love Marvel, you know, the Marvel Studios stuff so much as well, because I look at it as like, Oh, okay. This is going to be six episodes, a graphic novel. And I look at these yeah. as, you know, at least in this one, um, especially since I've started listening to the books um, that, you know, this one is book of Boba Fett, chapter one two three four and it just flows the same way that star wars books do when they're bouncing between narratives you know normally it's a Mm -hmm. one chapter present day one chapter narrative like flashback in the book to make it easier on the reader but in this case you can juxtapose those back and forth with visual cues right so let's go ahead and jump into the plot which you know right into the flashback to pod Boba journeys to Jabba's palace. You know, he scouts it out and he tells himself there's still too many guards. Um, Boba is eating and the tongue wagging Bantha, you know, is adorable. Right. And he feeds him and it's just so cute. Of course, that's the best. Boba and his love for animals, man. This is is my favorite part of the show, honestly. It's great. Yeah, I had that somewhere at another point later on, but I remember writing specifically in my notes, Boba loves animals and hates people. So now we get into the real important stuff for the plot. Boba walks up on Finnick Shan, essentially at the end of chapter five from the book of Boba Fett, or excuse me, chapter five of the Mandalorian. Um, Last week, if you recall really quick, side tangent, Andrew Gilman, I believe was the one that brought up the fact that this should be, right at the same time as mando season one and i was i think opposite saying that maybe it's earlier in the timeline because we don't know um but andrew was right shout out the human star wars encyclopedia he was right on the nose and i that has led to a new question of how long was boba fett in the sarlacc pit um is something that i really do want to know i know that they get digested over a thousand years but i don't really I don't think we're going to get an answer, and that's okay. But then Boba takes Fennec to the mod parlor in Mos Eisley to save her life, and we get a little bit more of the Scooter Squad, um, but a different <laughs> set of the sect of Scooter Squad. Yeah. Um, uh, I love the music here. You know, it's boogie pump dance something. Like It's just a whole different vibe for these people, which I kind of like. Um, Jack. Mm-hmm. 
this is the point where I really do wish Klein were here for his yeah. thoughts on the mod squad. That mod came from yeah, the name later yeah. on. Calls him the mod. So the mod squad is their name now. I really wish you were here. What are your thoughts on seeing more of these mod squatters? It's weird. I, you know, I really, really, really did not like it in last week's episode. Like, I don't, it was just, <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. And then think about it more just made me even more mad. Mad's the wrong word, but disappointed, I guess. This week, it didn't bother me as much. I kind of dug it. Like you said, with the music, when the music first started, I was like, oh, no. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here, we're getting back into it. But I was like, you know, it, it, I think what it was maybe was just that the guy was working on Fennec. And I love seeing him put together her midsection basically back together or put these enhancements in there. And I, yeah, I, I liked it. I was I was kind of caught off guard because I was like, you know, I'm kind of digging this. I'm digging the music. I like the actor. Um, I don't even know what we would call him, I guess. Mechanic slash doctor, I guess is what we could call him. <laughs> Um, uh, but you know, he's putting her back together and I was jamming and it, I just kind of liked the vibe. Yeah. Okay. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, I believe they call him the modder in the credits, by the way. Um, yeah, I, I really did it. Okay. The modder. Yeah. I really enjoyed the part where we saw, um, them, you know, building her midsection. I have a lot of questions on how mm -hmm. that's physically supposed to work, like when she's eating, but we're going to have to avoid that because I don't True. think anyone knows that. That's the theoretical Star Wars <laughs> physics situation. We don't have the time for that, you know, theoretical tangent. <laughs> so um, then, you know, Finnick uh, wakes up and they obviously know of each other. He's asking if she's, you know, Finnick Shan, the assassin of the mid-rim, and then she said, he's, you know, like, I'm Boba Fett. Boba's dead. And he's like, I was left for dead on the sands of Tatooine. Like you. I was rescued by the sand people. They took me in. You know, they treated me. Well, and then we get, you know, uh, he says, I got them massacred by Nikto speed bikers. And that really, like, cuts into his emotional core right there. He's super upset about it. And you can tell it's driving him from this point forward. Which now... It makes sense after last week they had to wrap up the Tuscan stuff and now they're wrapping up the entire flashback stuff is what it truly feels like as we slightly jump ahead. Um, Fennec says that she, uh, Boba says that he needs help. Fennec says that she's going to help him get this fire spray. Uh, he says that'll pay off her debts, give or take. Uh, they send a surveillance droid into the palace and uh, a little, little ball droid and it's in this section here where Boba Fett says, without my armor, I'm less persuasive. Uh, and it's, you know, asking for her help. And I thought that was very important as to his approach with taking off his helmet all the time now. With his armor, he's less persuasive. But that also just means he's less intimidating oh, in yeah. this case. In the context of the situation, because you know, Bib Fortuna took the throne and he's not gonna like the answer if he tries to get his mm -hmm. his his uh thing back. My assumption is he has apparently been double crossed by Bib Fortuna, is what it feels like, you know. Yeah, so, that was weird. That that it was kind of weird when he said that. I was a little mm -hmm. like he double crossed you. I mean, did he expect him to come into the to the Sarlacc pit to get him? I I was a little thrown off by that. I didn't know if you had any thoughts 
as to what he's referencing there. I I don't. I'm I'm wondering if we're gonna find out in the comics here soon as it leads into Return of the Jedi. Mm. Um, you know, something just happened, you know, in War of the Bounty Hunters, and I think that might be the seedlings of their you can tell Boba and Bibi Fortuna do not get along. And there's zero respect yeah, okay. between them. Um, like in the comics and how they how they speak to each other and how it's written, it's it's very easy to tell. So that's kind of where I think it's starting, but eh, I, I'm not a hundred percent certain on that. Um, okay. Um, but then I this is where I have Boba loves animals and hates people. I'm assuming that's when he does something awesome with another with, with the bantha. He uh, he well. That's it, later. What is that from? So there's the scene before he even finds Fennec where he's feeding it. That was the one. It. One and then the second one was when he I guess when he let the bantha go or the I keep saying he the girl. Uh, it's a girl bantha, female bantha. Uh, yeah. he lets the little girl go and because uh, him and Fennec are about to go get the ship and that's when Fennec says like are you sure you want to do that oh and he okay he he says something and I, I literally right, just yeah. watched the episode and I can't think of yeah it. well I'm glad you said that because I, I you know I watched it twice this morning but my notes are slightly out of order unfortunate um because you're right Boba says that he wants to be a gotra which I don't think I've ever heard that word before in Star Wars and I have no idea what it is We'll put research that. department at some point on it. Uh, um, but he says, uh, I want to get the exact quote here. Because um, she says, you know, are you serious about forming your own house? Right? Is this where it is? Or is this is? No, 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 no. Here it is. You want to head a gotcha. He, you know, he, he says he wants to find his armor. He's going to take, he's going to kill Bib Fortuna, take his throne. She asks, you want to be head gotcha? You want a head of Gatra? And then he says, why not? You're a hunter. And he says, I'm tired of working for idiots who are going to get me killed. The Tuscans took me in, made me part of their tribe. I was ready to leave hunting behind. And she says, people like us don't get to decide when we're finished. And that is uh, leading in, you know, leading into yeah. the, the, the fun point of uh the the <laughs> the ship stealing scene um i'm trying to figure <laughs> out how to say it without like saying the you know anyways but yeah it's a great character moment it's a great character moment right before he's going back to get his ship that he used that his father used for bounty hunting purposes like i i think it's a good uh you were kind of mentioning it earlier in the non-spoiler portion of like this dynamic between fennec and boba getting a little bit more of it because in, in the present day story, it's all kind of implied that it's there. And for me personally, I've been like, you know, I want more with them. I, I want to see this relationship more. And now I understand mm -hmm. it's here. And now, like you mentioned, there's that shorthand between them where we don't need to see that in the present day because they had this before. So I actually, I really like that scene a lot and kind of this, it's not really a battle, but like pre battle moments between them. Yes. And it's, it's, you know, the, the the gathering before the storm, if you will. Exactly, um, yeah. Absolutely. It was a, such a great title, and I missed it almost every time because I was so hyped that it was just happening. I was headbanging too hard to read. <laughs> uh, the droid comes back with a hollow layout of the palace. They go in to get it. They get into the kitchen. 
Um, there's a fun droid sequence here that I, you know, it feels like Attack of the Clones version of the droid stuff, but way better. Um, it you was, know, it's much like, better than that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like if this if the original trilogy had that same scene, this is what it would have been. You know, would have been done Good with point. care, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But they, <laughs> you know uh finnick slices off a droid's head in cold circuitry (laughs) uh and boba chases the rat catcher droid around the kitchen um the it ends with you know he goes do you know who i am and the (laughs) the robot the droid the rat catcher droid is just sobbing and he goes i'm boba fett and the droid just goes <laughs> powers himself off <laughs> with a switch. <laughs> quick, thing, quick reference here, though. I, I don't know if you caught this. The the droid with all the knives that uh, mm-hmm. Fennec cut the head off, like Grievous vibes there. With Very. the in episode three, I was like, oh, that's cool. But yeah, what I don't know what the point of we had just gotten Boba saying I am Boba Fett to Fennec Shan. I don't know what the point was this time to the droid. Was it to scare it? Was I like, yes, I think because remember he used to work there and possibly live at Jabba's palace. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. So maybe it was like a, you know, a little, Hey, F you dude, I'm back. Yeah. It's like a, <laughs> do you know who I am? Uh-huh. I'm Boba Fett. Oh, I don't oh, need to. Yeah. I See can ya. survive. He's not mad at me kind of thing. I think it's like a, that name carries a very strong stick, you know, a very strong mm-hmm. weight, if you will. You know, it's it's the big stick. He's, he talks very softly, but he's Boba Fett, so it carries weight when he speaks, uh, which is something that I love. They get out of the kitchen. They get to the ship. There's lots of guards. They show up out of nowhere. It's like they don't want them to steal the ship. It's, it's weird, I tell you. Uh, Finnick pretty much handles them while Boba gets his ship ready to fly uh that's the best way to describe it because she just does finnick shan stuff it's amazing love it can't wait to see more boba (laughs) destroys the entire interior of the palace trying to find the gate they escape and finnick says that she will go for the ride as boba wants to settle his scores that wraps up that whole sequence so let's talk about the entire palace uh section overall what did you think my guy the the invasion (laughs) if you will Great way to put it. Um, I thought I liked it. I, I enjoyed it while I was watching it, but I was still slightly underwhelmed by it. I do like that Fennec was kind of just handling business, not a problem, no biggie. Um, it, it it reminded me honestly of Mando season two with when her and Boba uh, fight the stormtroopers, and she's I mean just shooting guys left and right, literally not even a problem. She runs into some issues, but she's okay. I love that she can handle herself. I love that Boba's saying, like, he's flying the ship and he's like, look, I'm having trouble. I'm hitting the walls. Oh, you need to open the door. She's like, look, man, I'm busy right now. I'm trying to kick <laughs> this guy's ass. Give me a second. All right. I got it. Don't worry. And he even says, I hope you know what you're doing. And I like that they gave her a good moment to say, like, yeah, she knows what she's doing. It, it really reminded me of uh, the Fennec Shan that we saw uh in the bad batch this summer this past summer and which i just like i loved her we we didn't get much of her in that show um but what we did get was awesome and i like seeing it here um the droid stuff was fun like i said i enjoyed watching it it just it just kind of happens i think um i there was nothing like particularly 
exciting about it. Like I said, I liked watching Fennec kick some ass, but um, I wasn't like, and I don't know if it was intended to be some big action sequence, but I, I wasn't as um, enamored with what was happening on screen as I would have liked uh, to. But how, I don't know. How about you, Thomas? You seem to, you love the droid stuff. So, so what'd you think of the rest of it? Uh, I thought it was perfect. It was in tone. It was in, it was in line with True. what in tone is a great way to put it. It's kind of set up the show to be so far. We have the droid sequence where, you know, basically they just murder two droids, which yeah, poor droids, fair. man. Or droid. One is just a you know a cooking droid. I mean, granted, yeah. he did go all grievous with those knives. Yeah, but he's cutting onion, man. He's like, look, I got one job. I'm a chef. Like, dude, let me do my chefing duties. And these <laughs> effers come in saying, I want a ship. I mean, you know, I guess you know, if I was a droid, I would have been like, look, you go take the ship. I'll cook. Let's just be on our ways here. But uh, yeah, I mean, a droid's got to do what a droid's got to do, and I guess mm. Boba's got to do what he's got to do. It's fair, you know. You gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. And he had to. He chased around the rat catcher droid, <laughs> and he's so just. Funny. And the whole time, he's just trying to keep it from like alerting everyone else, so they can at least get the jump into the, the area. Uh, and then when they actually get there, he's just like, "All right, you do all the work. I gotta get the ship ready," which <laughs> right. is exactly why he needed help. It makes sense, um, mm -hmm. whether he had the armor or not, he would have needed to do that. So. Then we just see Finnick Shand, and you're right. It is Bad Batch, and it does remind me of the season two episode that she's in. Well, I mean, actually, all the season two episodes that she's in because she never misses a shot. Yeah, not exactly. One. I don't ever <laughs> – she, more often than not, in this episode is no-scoping, if you notice. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, she kind of has it, like, here. It's, like, more mm -hmm. like her body rather than up here. Yeah, because... dude, she's just taking care of it business man she's good man she's just like pulling up from the hip straight from the hip uh <laughs> and it's amazing i love it and then you know he's just it's and again it's it, what you kind of expect from what this show is set up in the case that you know he's gonna be the boss and as we said the boss shouldn't be doing all the work and we'll get to this later but she has the muscle and the brains that he needs and that you know all organizations truly do need you need muscle right. and brains you need abilities physical abilities to get things done and you know mental ability to get other things done so i thought it was a great character piece for both of them um i could see how a lot of people don't like seeing boba fett not just laying waste to people truly mm -hmm. but it has to feel earned like in the sense that yeah, we just saw him do all this badass work in The Mandalorian, right? But we got that out of nowhere. We didn't expect that. And now we are expecting that. So should we just get that for seven episodes straight? I think not. I think that would be a waste. That would be wasting yeah. the budget. Uh, for, <laughs> from a production <laughs> standpoint. Yeah, that, from a production standpoint, that's a lot of that's a lot of shooting, you know? Action sequences take extra time. So... Just due to safety protocols, when they're done correctly, ladies and gentlemen, is yes. the important part. Yes. But I felt it, you know, wrapping wrapping up the sequence. I felt it just portrayed everything going going forward, and it just, you know, I felt like, oh, okay, that's the end of this flashback. They yeah. got the ship. I'm like, okay, they're going to continue this flashback now that he's with Fennec Shand through however long, 
And then we didn't, and we kept going, and we eventually mm-hmm. do kind of wrap up the flashback, but it it's got like the most action, and it's kind of the first half of this scene is low key, like low stakes in the sense that it's a droid, so like yeah. it feels. Man, that's really rude to droids, you know? We're just looking at <laughs> yeah. it like, he's just killing. They're just killing droids. Like, it's low stakes. Like, it's no big deal. If they were, like, warriors or, you know, these Niktos, it'd be a real, real pain in the rear end, right? But <laughs> but it's droids. And then the next yeah. half is just life and death. And, you know, feels a little bit more of urgent, I suppose, is the word. Okay. Yeah, it feels more urgent. Yeah, I think with this, like like I said, I don't think the intention of this sequence was to be some big battle. But, you know, yeah, I I think hearing you talk about it more, I'm kind of coming around to it. Um, It's nothing that like I, I, you know, it's not the... uh, the what do we call them the mod squad chase scene in episode (laughs) three by any means um yeah i I think i like how you nailed the sense of urgency there because uh, it's why he couldn't do it alone um like you said he he needed fennec there and and i think a a good way to look at it so fennec has the brain she has the muscles and we we know that boba has the muscles and, and the physical capabilities whether we're seeing it or not i think they're saving it just like you said um but the brain, as we kind of see in the present day, maybe it's not a lack of brain, but, you know, he's, he's having his struggles. And I think it's good mm-hmm. to have Fennec there to compliment him. But also he's all he's the heart that I think Fennec is missing. Not really, mm-hmm. but like just in terms of like these character traits, you know, she's the running and gun and like we need to get business done. We need to we need to go do these things. We need to kill this guy. We need to use fear. And he's kind of the heart of this story. And that's why I'm kind of coming around to this idea that we're not seeing him get in a lot of action sequences, a lot of action scenes, um, because I think if you show him laying waste to a bunch of people, you lose that heart and that strength, as we'll get to later in this episode, that he found Mm -hmm. with the Tuskins. So, um, yeah, I I don't know. I'm kind of – it's mid-transition, mid-episode transition here on Jack's thoughts on this scene. (laughs) Um, you know, they, they, when they're flying away, you know, uh, she's asking, they talk about, I think it was, uh, repairs and getting the ship prepared. He's like, I'll make them my own. We'll do them myself. But he says, there's an advantage to people thinking you're dead, which is an amazing line. Um, you know, he's biding his time. He's waiting, he's waiting. And when he gets his armor, then he'll make moves because that's when everyone will know he's back. But but it also is a great line that can work for any freaking character we want to see more of. I'm looking at you, Miss Windu. I'm looking at you. Oh boy. Oh boy. Let's not go down that rabbit hole unless you want to. Unless you I mean, I, I, listen, I do want to. All I will say is I don't know how he's still alive, but why yeah. didn't he show up? There's been a, there's an advantage to people thinking you did. That's so. a great call. That's a good call. So. And yeah, I didn't catch that line the first time I watched it, but the second time, like right mm-hmm. before we hopped on here, I was like, oh, what a good, like, that's just like a good, like that could work in so many movies. And yet I haven't heard it. I, I feel like I have heard it in some movies, but not like that and not delivered the way that Tamira 
delivers mm-hmm. it here. And it's funny because I was when he said that though, I was thinking back to the when he goes to uh Moss Isley to visit the Pikes in episode three. I was mm-hmm. like, well, he's kind of present there, but I guess you know he, he does have his hood on a, a lot, so other people can't recognize him. But when he goes to talk to the Pikes, I guess they don't know they. I assume people know who the, what the clones look like from uh, the days of the Republic and the Grand Army yeah. of the Republic, but he could be any clone. Like he, he could literally be any one of them. And even if they don't know about the clones, I guess he probably kept that helmet on a lot more than I thought he would have back in the day, back in times of the original trilogy. So um, I, I thought that that line stuck with me a lot more on the second viewing. I've always wondered if there was like hits put out on all the clones and that's why he wears his uh, helmet because if everyone knew Boba Fett was a clone, then they would ask a lot more questions kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, we know that you would have to think the empire knew that he was a clone. I mm-hmm. mean, just with their knowledge, especially Vader, um, and obviously Vader and Boba Fett had their dealings, but yeah, I mean, maybe that's something we get into with the, the Bad Batch um, coming up here. You know, I got to go back and rewatch that series, um, but they're kind of building up to things there. Maybe a larger scale war with the clones. So maybe mm. that is something that we see. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you think about in Rebels and, you know, I know Dave Filoni and Favreau, they probably don't care about retconning certain things here and there. It's not that big of a deal. But in Rebels, um, you know, they're callous and the rest of the Imperials find Rex and uh, Gregor and Wolf on that planet. um, And they're just kind of decommissioned clones. So maybe it was, I don't know, it's a good thought and a cool idea. I just, I'm really interested to see how they deal with the clones going forward with the Bad Batch. because I think that will answer a lot of questions that Dave, I think, wants to explore in that time period. Yes, I'm excited to see that as well. Uh, I love Bad Batch, mm-hmm. and I I'm really intrigued to see what they're gonna do with Omega. We'll get back to Omega later because I have yes a wild theory. Oh, uh, but, but real quick, and this sorry, sorry, this might play into your theory, but like, let's think about Fennec was hired to retrieve Omega. And now she here she is with the Alpha Boba. Yeah. I, I I never even put that together. I mean, I could have put that together back in Mando season two, but like, holy shit! I just thought it. I saw that on Twitter. I think I was like, whoa, like connections here. So I'm I'm excited for your theory, Thomas. I'm Ooh. very excited. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Boba wipes out you know the Kenton Striders with the. Kinton Striders with the fire spray, which is fantastic. Then he flies by the Sarlacc pit to find his oh, armor. <laughs> the pit awakens real fast. Did you jump? When it woke up, did you jump? Oh, oh, I was so confused. I was like, is that a line <laughs> from the show? Uh, <laughs> yes, I jumped, Tom. I, I knew something was going on. I was one, you know... <laughs> literally mid-scene thomas i was like where is that little shop of horrors looking head coming out like it, it, it are they retconning that are they just saying yeah george kind of did that in his little like uh what they call it special edition but we don't care mm-hmm. and then all the fucking sudden that thing comes out like i see it moving as like is that an eyeball no that is that stupid little mouth coming up 
I I was scared shitless for a brief second. It was in the morning, so I was still kind of tired. Yes. So which actually kind of helped because I wasn't you know completely mm-hmm. there. But holy shit, that the stupid Sarlacc pit, man, it's scary. Same, uh, 100%. It made me jump and I started laughing out because I was like, Oh, ah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, and, and, like I laughed because I was like, It got me, and then I was like, Oh, wait a minute, like, how is he gonna get out of this? Well, yeah, let me tell you, uh, the Sarlacc pit pulls the ship down and he doesn't really get out. Phoenix Shan seismic mine charges the fucking Sarlacc pit, dude, and. <laughs> <laughs> Boba says, next time don't touch my buttons. Which had I got a I got a pop out of me. Um oh, I loved it. He goes in, he finds no armor, and then Finnick, you know, he's covered in acid, and she says that he needs to find a back to tank, which I found to be maybe that's where he's like, Oh, maybe I'll get a flashback to port. Um <laughs> the, the Sarlacc pit is now gotta be dead now i mean oh dude. yeah because he went inside and came out so yeah he seismic mind charge yeah you're dead um take that sorry like pit <laughs> so then so then we get to the final sequence of this flashback and it's uh hmm. so phoenix says are you serious about forming your own house and then we get a lot of words from boba and i'm gonna cover them all really fast because it's very it's a deep character moment as to why he wants to go from muscle to boss. How many times have you been hired to do a job that was avoidable? If they'd only took the time to think how much money could have been made, how many lives could have been saved. I'm tired of our kind dying because of the idiocy of others. We're smarter than them. It's time we took our shop. I need brains and muscle and you have both. He pledges to her loyalty and to cut her in on the rewards. Um, She says that living with the Tuscans have made you soft. And he says, no, it's made me strong. You can only get so far without a tribe. And then we cut to taking over the throne. And then he comes out and congratulations, Master Fett. You are fully healed. So end of the flashback to pod. Little round of applause here for the flashbacks. Well done. Well done. Great ending. I think we'll get another one in episode six, you know, uh, the Filoni Maybe? episode. I, 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 At the very least, we got to figure out what's going on with that scene of Camino. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, point. But yeah, what are they going to do with that? We'll find out. Well, in, we Filoni, will. We will. in Filoni, we trust. Um, so that. That brings us to, a, you know, we we have now gone from Boba Fett getting out of the Sarlacc pit to Boba Fett meeting Finnick Shand and essentially getting on the throne. We have wrapped up that entire story arc of how did we get here with Boba. And it took four episodes. Four chapters, if you will. And that's why... You know, I point towards the book situation. It really is like a book here. I don't know. Like, I think that maybe next episode, maybe we get like a quick flashback and that he remembers something or he's coming out of a flashback. You know, maybe that's how we start it and it sets up what's going on in this episode. Um, in fact, you know what, Jack? 
Everything I just said is exactly what's going to happen because of the musical cue at the end of the episode. We'll get there when we get there. I'll wrap up my theories and get right back to the quick plot. Um, Boba walks, wants to walk the streets to show his face because power hates a vacuum. We go to Garza's sanctuary. Chrysanthemum is drinking and staring at Trandoshans. He starts a bar fight. He Wookiee handles the Trandoshans with ease and and with bloodlust while we're here. While Fett watches along, he's going to rip the arms off of a Trandoshan. Um, and Garza comes up trying to convince him he's above the petty harm, uh, above the petty harming of Trandoshans. He rips off the arm instead. Boba tells Garza it was worth a shot. And she says, take it away, Max. Side note, Klein felt really quick. Shout out our buddy Klein felt. He uh, had some, he, he, he moved and the internet companies are internet companies. So they did their thing uh, late, but it's confirmed in this episode that the band leader in Madame Garza's establishment is Max Rebo officially. And that makes him Max Rebo and Bib Fortuna, uh, excuse me, him, Bib Fortuna and Boba Fett, the only known survivors of that destruction of uh since the 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 sail barge the great sail barge disaster i believe 88 refers to it as so three people lived potentially probably only three people though it's intriguing if only Klein were here to like love on max rebo because clearly we're not doing Klein enough of that Clint, I will tell you this, buddy. Max came through. And she, it's not just that he was there. It's not just that he was playing music. She said his name. And he he hears her say, you hit it, Max. Oh, I bet he lit up inside and he started playing that music like his life depended on it. He's like, I ain't, I ain't messing with a Wookiee. I'm just here to play some tunes, have a good time, and be proud of my work. Max Rebo, we applaud you. We love you, Klein. We also love you and your internet, your new internet, and your new place to live there. I hope that was enough. And I, I meant that genuinely, Klein. I did. But I'm just I did that for you, buddy. Max Rebo. Worldwide. Why? 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 Oh my God. Best <laughs> thing you said all podcasts, oh, honestly. I've been I've been waiting to bring out, you know, more Will Ferrell jokes. Uh Boba Fett offers Chrysanthemum a job. Um and let me see if I can find the quote real fast. Oh, while you're finding that, can I just say, yeah, that scene of I mean, we saw a Wookiee rip a guy's arm out of his sockets. That mm. this was probably my favorite scene in the entire episode. Like bar none. I just I loved everything about it and the the comedic timing of it, fantastic, and I, it was and, and then Boba's tag at the end. Yeah, Great. have you found it yet, Thomas? I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> I have not found it, so okay. that's unfortunate. I was trying to do it fast, but time is relative. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's essentially along the lines of you know last time he said don't take jobs from skulls, and then he's saying you know you need a job. There's better work out there for men like you. You don't have to blah, 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 blah. Um, and he hires Chrysanthemum right on the spot. But because Chrysanthemum doesn't speak words, it was kind of hard to tell. We jump to the final shot, really, uh, it, seem, it would seem, from the trailer that we've yet to see. And that's the table sequence, the dinner table sequence. Phoenix sets up Boba with a great introduction. 
And Boba says that the Pikes have slowly absorbed Tatooine into their spice trade. He wants an alliance. The rest don't really give a damn. Shocking. Uh, Boba eventually just asks them to remain neutral if the Pikes approach them to betray him. They all say they will abide by his wish. Um, we go to, you know, they're watching them. Do you trust them? I trust them to look out for the best interest. But then we have the ending of the episode, which blew my mind because I was not anticipating it. And it led to more thoughts than I probably should have had at six o'clock in the morning. It comes down to, you know, a dimension of money, if you will. And she said, uh, Boba Fett says, I have plenty of credits. What I'm short on is muscle. And Fennec says, credits can buy plenty of muscle if you know where to look. And the theme right off the bat for The Mandalorian starts playing. And that's when everyone kind of realizes that, oh my gosh, Jack, maybe we get Din Djarin next episode. Oh, that's where I come back in. I love it. Oh my gosh, Thomas, 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 Thomas. This got me out of my seat. Like, I got so excited when I heard that cue come in, that music cue. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it just, it took me back to fall of 2020 and 2019. I was like, oh, give me Mando. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I did lose my mind a little bit here. Like in a very, like, I didn't go, ah! I just went. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that's the I was like, yeah, okay, like I'm anticipating this. You know, it's 6 a.m. and I've watched a lot of Mandalorian at 6 a.m. So it oh, plays yeah. and I'm not thinking about it until I realize, oh my god, they're playing the Mando theme, and this is Book of Boba Fett. So that leads me to a very swift theory about next week. It would seem that if we are gonna do flashbacks next week. We could be starting off with Boba Fett meeting Din Djarin. Or, better yet, Boba Fett and Din Djarin having a conversation on the fire spray. What do you think, Jack? I could see it. I could see it. So here, here's the thing, Thomas. I, I don't know if you saw this. It was a report, an exclusive from Bespin Bulletin that came out today, I think. Yesterday. Mm. Yesterday. Came out yesterday. I don't know if you want to hear it. It is kind of spoilery, kind of not. Uh, it, I mean, it definitely is, but like it's, I don't think it's to the levels of some other spoilers. Um, is it about want, Din Djarin? It is. Oh, wait a minute. I got you. Uh, welcome to the Rebel Report. News, 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 news. Hopefully my Wi-Fi does not cut out in the middle of this. So this is, um, we're, we're starting here. Bestman Bulletin exclusive report came out yesterday. In quotes, I have heard at some point Din Djarin will pilot a Naboo N1 starfighter in an upcoming episode of the book of Boba Fett. Yes, folks, that is a, a Naboo N1 starfighter that we saw in the Phantom Menace, nice and yellow, nice and silver, this is what the report says. I don't want to get anyone's hopes up, but my hopes are up. My expectations are up. I want it. I need it. Thomas, what do you think? My head is spinning. That's a good trick. Um, <laughs> uh, I 
instantly am thinking that's chapter six. That's a Dave Filoni. That feels like a Dave Filoni thing. So, okay. Hell yeah. (laughs) That's that. (laughs) Thank you. Fuck yeah. Um, um, that really does make me question. So there was a quote by Termore Morrison, and he was saying, uh, there's a lot of really colorful things that we can't, that I can't talk about coming up. And, and, and uh, Ming-Na Wen has said, at the end of the series, when you go back and rewatch it, you'll see it differently. And this is my challenge to anyone right now not, a, not fully invested. I do challenge you to go back and watch chapters one through four. And then come back to me. Because I said I think the first episode is the only filler episode. I could argue. I hate this. I hate I'm going to do this. I could, if I wanted to be a lawyer, argue that the first four episodes are all filler. Yeah. With. But with a lot of superbly important things. I think then the next three chapters are going to pay it off. Also, while we're here, David Klein, the cinematographer, the director of photography for the book of Boba Fett, um, while he was filming season three of The Mandalorian, like went to his trailer, walked out on the volume kind of thing from an interview with uh, Kevin Smith on Fat Man Beyond. He said, they asked, you know, what are your favorite? Ep- like, what's your favorite episode? Like, come on. Like, what is it? And he goes, five, six, seven. And. Everything I've heard is five, six, seven. And now, after four, I believe we know why. Mm-hmm. Everyone wanted this Mando stuff. Everyone wanted this. We had to earn that. I'm okay with the weight we've got because now I know who Boba Fett is his mind, his morals, his genuine morals, not what we've been fed through extended universe or fed through dialogue from other characters from him. We know what he's about now. And that's kind of my favorite part leading up chapters one through four. And if now we're bringing in Din Djarin to team back up, then that means there's no reason not to have Bo-Katan. I mean, other than that, they might get in a fight, you know, Boba and Bo-Katan. But they teamed up together. I doubt she would come for this part of it. But really quick, Jack, because this is the part where I really wanted to go crazy with fan theories really quick. Let's do it. Credits. Hiring, right? We got to go hire some folks. If the Bad Batch are still alive, is a question we have... Ladies and gentlemen, the look on Jack's face is absolute astonishment and just denial. He is denial all the way. And I don't don't blame him because I thought of this... While we were talking tonight, like live, and I had to write it down. If the Bad Batch is still alive, because you brought up the Omega of it all. Obviously, I think Omega is still alive. Unless she was killed. And if she was killed, I doubt we'll ever see it, because that's tragic. Then again, too much. Then again, Anakin slayed entire civilization. That was George. He's gone. He's out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but Filoni learned from Georgie. Uh, Oh, yeah. Well, Anyways. Anakin learned from Obi-Wan, so we could go on a lot of diatribe. (laughs) (laughs) Who learned from Qui-Gon? Who learned from Dooku? Who learned from Yoda? It's all Yoda's fault. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. 
thinking in straight lines. You should not. That's not so, bad, dude. I, I know. Well, I should think in straight lines less, I suppose. Young <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Skywalker. Um, so could... Uh, I'm really questioning, if the Bad Batch is alive, why wouldn't Finnick Shan bring them in? She's worked with them to save Omega before from cad bane which is klein's big wish as well as friend of the show andrew gilman um could she be going to get clones because she obviously knows boba's a clone so why not go pay other clones to come in to help out there because she knows a first off she wouldn't have to pay them they would come help their brother she's like i i have a clone situation i'll pay you for this job i think they would come out of respect oh brother needs help but then when they realize it's boba fett the alpha the one that you know some of them probably watch grow up a little bit you would have to assume you know at the very least were there and saw him running around wow that little one the one who was with yeah anyways so uh, you know (laughs) Wow, you've gotten so old. <laughs> um, but then if they bring in Omega and we get the Alpha and the Omega and a lot of people th- say, yeah, it's too soon. <laughs> Is it? They brought Luke Skywalker back at the end of season two of The Mandalorian. In the same season, they brought in Cobb Vanth and Boba Fett's armor. Boba Fett back in his armor. Told you how damn good Fennec Shan really is by seeing, only to be like, oh, by the way, she's about to go back into this show called The Bad Batch to kind of seed some stuff that we don't know what's going on yet, Omega. And then they also did, oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, Ahsoka and Bo-Katan bringing in all these animated characters into live action why not omega why not some of the bad batch i don't think they will make it i think they all are gonna die somewhere tragically i truly do believe that i feel they get a rogue one vibe a rogue one send off somewhere um but what do you think about that jack what do you think about getting more clones as help or omega even Number one, I love the idea of bringing more clones into this. This is that's actually what I wanted. I wanted more, not even more clones, just Boba dealing with that that I struggle, but like that idea that he is a clone technically, and more of the father stuff, which we could still get. We could still get. Um, I hear you, Thomas. I love the idea. I love the concept. I truly, truly, you saw my face when you said it and it was, uh, it was astonishment. It was like, oh, I want it, but could it happen? I do still think it's too soon. Not just for the book of Boba Fett, but for the Bad Batch as well, because we know we're getting season two and we'll get this when we get to the news, but we're getting season two relatively soon. But then again, maybe they could use this show as a springboard to season two because it, you know, it's coming in the spring. So I, I don't know. I, I'm gonna stick with my guns. It, it's too soon. I could see it if Book of Boba Fett. If we get um, more chapters after this first season, um, yeah. But I love the idea. And speaking to other people that they could bring in, I want Cad Bane as well. 
Dude, what if we get a bunch of like the bounty hunters from the Clone Wars that didn't die in the Clone Wars mm-hmm. show but are still alive? Because I mean, there were a lot of bounty hunter episodes in that series. A there lot. were, and I, I, I obviously the show is hinting that they're going after Din Djarin, but mm-hmm. I would be and I could eat my words, but I would be shocked if the only person they were referencing at the end of this episode was Din Djarin. There is no way they don't get other hired help. Very true. And that leads me to the 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 toughest one. You know, do you think Omega, Bad Batch, that's more of a toss onto a dartboard. Do you think that Bo-Katan might come assist? Well, it's funny you bring that up because I was going to ask you this. What do you think has been going on with Din Djarin since we last saw him crying over baby Yoda Grogu going with Luke Skywalker? Because we know there's drama. We mm. know there's intensity. And also there's something going on with this Darksaber that is kind of retconning what we saw in Rebels. But that's a whole nother discussion. I see your face. I want to get into it, but I'm not going to let us go down there at all. <laughs> um I, like what's been going on with Din? It, maybe there's still drama there. Maybe there's still some intensity, but he's like, you know what? I'll take a break from this, whatever we're doing. Maybe he's in the fight for to take back Mandalore, or maybe mm-hmm. he's still on the outs with Bo-Katan, but he's like, let me just drop everything, go help out this guy. He's kind of giving me some money, but I also kind of like the guy. He helped me out with Grogu. And then this is going to be a lead into Mando season three, going back to the drama. I don't know. What do you think, Thomas? possible very very possible um yeah where where has din Djarin been you know yeah. this whole time it's a very good question and i don't have an idea i don't think it actually matters because i think true in some way we will be told yeah. they will have to give us some kind of you know what have you been up to this little time oh you know fire eating job i guess like i have no idea i really (laughs) my assumption when it ended was oh he's gonna go become the mandalore on mandalore Mm -hmm. and bo katan's gonna either they're gonna fight which that'd be cool to watch but i still think that's where that show's going by the way that is where that show's going uh john favreau mentioned game of thrones oh my god i'm so excited for me we'll see we'll definitely see well i he mentioned game of thrones but i think game of thrones in the sense that all these different factions are gonna have to team up True. at the end of the day like Bo-Katan, uh, uh, Bo-Katan's uh people whom I, I don't know if they have a name um you know all the loyal Mandalorians Ahsoka and her squad aka the rebels uh and then we're gonna have Boba Fett's crime syndicate because I, I think he's leading the syndicate at the end of the day. Oh, They're yeah. going to have this kind of power vacuum of we're going to try and at least be honorable about some stuff in life. Um, because, you know, that's what the Mandalorian Creed is about. We're all over the place. Huh? We're so all <laughs> over the place. I'm trying to like rein it in. <laughs> um, it, it, uh, because... I, I want to see more Bo-Katan. I love Bo-Katan. I really love Katie Sackhoff. It's really what it is. I'm well, you cool. saw the 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 some website. I don't even know. I never yes. heard of it before. It came out and said that she's getting her own show. And Ming-Na Wen quoted that tweet saying, congrats, girl. I'm like, is she really in the know? Or is she just seeing a tweet on her timeline about Star Wars? And she's like, oh, yeah, awesome. 
I took it as seeing a tweet and just saying, oh, yeah, that's awesome, because they don't yeah, really tell good. each other. Uh, other yeah. than, you know, that was like a congratulations as opposed to, oh, they know Sky Guy, they know. That was a whole different level, right? Of yeah. A <laughs> by Rosaria Dawson. That was a straight up confirmation. Like, you know, and he, you know, that's a Jimmy Fox ain't going to be blue quote at the same time, right? So, right. So it's like, oh, okay. Uh, here it more is like, Oh my God, congratulations. I love to work with you. I can't wait to work. Hopefully I'll get hired to work on that too, you know? Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, you know, like, yeah, I love working with you. Let's do it again. So if Bo-Katan does come in though, I don't think it's got, I, I think her real tie is going to be to Finnick because it, th there's a quote and I'm not remembering it right now, but Brothers in Arms, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a Clone Wars quote. It's a Clone Wars parable uh, from the beginning of the episodes. It is, um, I'm going to get it wrong, but it is brothers in arms are stronger than brothers in blood or something like that because of what they go through together. And in this case, what Finnick, <laughs> because we know we're not getting one of that four of that crew back um, of the ladies that were on that freighter but we can get Bo-Katan and I think we could get Finnick Shan uh you know pairing up because you know oh we we get along and we have the same kind of style which is shoot yeah. first ask questions later sometimes which would be amazing Jack Jack it would it would I I wouldn't mind Bo-Katan coming in with this and coming with Din as hired help um I you with know it Din. I like that yeah, and not only that, but it's like we saw Boba and uh, Bo-Katan, and I forget the actress's name who was with Bo-Katan in that finale. Help me out, Sasha wrestler. Banks. Sasha um, Banks, thank you. Playing, what would, playing Casca Reeves. Casca Reeves. That's a great name. Um, we got a little dynamic there, and it ain't pretty. They're, they're throwing some jabs at each other, throwing some moves at each other. Mm -hmm. I would love to see that again. Um, and yeah, I think they would. I think they would absolutely fit with the vibe of the show and where it's going. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I would love to see it. One thing about that, I, I kind of cut off track because, like we said, we're all over the place. But back to Omega, <laughs> Omega. The I want. I actually think about it more. Omega specifically, Bad Batch, not sure, but Omega. I want that in a potential if it happens, season two of Book of Boba, because. Let's let's think about this. So we have Book of Boba, then we have Bad Batch season two coming out this spring, and then Obi Wan and Andor. Hopefully, um, we're getting Mando season three, most likely this fall or winter, mm -hmm. and then Ahsoka to follow. So I think that big event culminating story will probably happen either during or after Ahsoka. We'll see where they go with it. But if we do get a season two of Book of Boba, which I think would be after Ahsoka's show. I would love for them to explore his character more. We're getting that in this show. Don't get me wrong. There's been a tons of revelations and transformations with him, uh, both physically, mentally, emotionally. Mm -hmm. But I would love to dig deeper into the clone stuff, into his father. And we could still get that, especially the father stuff coming up. But just like I, I'm picturing the scene of him seeing Omega for the first time. And maybe they have some knowledge of the fact that he was the first kind of, 
and she was the last. It's just like that idea. It, it, it's just one of those like, things where it's like, I can't even describe to you what that scene would be like. I can picture their faces. I can picture what would be going on in their heads and the concept of it all. It's just trippy and it's cool and it's Star Wars and I like it. And if the Bad Batch is there too, which I feel like they should be, I God, now I never even thought about the Bad Batch being involved in any of these like Mandalorian universe stories. But now I so desperately want it. It would make sense why they put Fennec Shand in that show mm-hmm. to kind of tie it together. So uh, yeah, I don't know. My mind is spinning right now. Spinning is a good trick. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's i mean i haven't i've got another one i got one that's probably the most plausible right all right give it finnick finnick shan used to be an assassin and a hunter and she was working for somebody so she said in chapter five of the mandalorian when uh what's his name um oh yeah toro calican when oh my god when toro calican <laughs> Yeah, there's that whole sequence where she says, you know, if you take me back to my boss alive, I will, you know, be able to double your pay. No idea who she was talking about. Back then, I thought it was the Fet Man. Um, I thought he crawled out of the Sarlacc pit and took over the criminal empire because that's what I wanted to happen. And now we're getting that in this book. So it's about fracking time. Uh, you know, <clears throat> it's about time. <laughs> but we, we, we are leading Boba, you know, down this path and he's going to need these bounty hunters. Well, if we're going to bring in Din Djarin, Carl Weathers in Grief Karga could make an appearance. Whether, and it could be as simple as a hollow call for him. But if you're going to hire bounty hunters and Fennec Shan's going to do that, you can get them on Tatooine. You can get them any other place in the galaxy as long as you know somebody. And knowing Din Djarin means you know Grief Karga, which then means also knowing Din Djarin, you might be able to get Cobb Vanth to join your cause. Oh my, Thomas, you're blowing my mind right <laughs> now. Why did I not think of Cobb Vanth? If Din's going back to Tatooine, why is he like, hey, let's get this guy over here? It, you know, the way he's mentioned this entire episode, it's like, it sounds like it's all of Tatooine versus the Pikes is how yeah. he's really making it out to be. And if that's the way it goes, not only are we going to get Cobb Vanth, bro, we could get Luke fucking Skywalker. I mean, I'm dreaming real big <laughs> here. It's true. He might not want to go back to Tatooine and save his home planet from the Pike Syndicate. But then again, he may probably not. But the probably, probably not for Boba Fett. They they have to have a yeah. long talk about where Boba's at in his mental state. See, that is something I really want. I really kind of want to see. Yeah. In, in in War of the Bounty Hunters, Boba Fett comes right up to Chewbacca, Lando Calrissian, and Leia, and they're all wanting to get Han Solo's body. Right, the frozen carbonite. They are all on the same mission, and Boba Fett's the first person to say. We want the same thing. Why don't we come to an agreement? We just got to get him out. Like, we just got to do this. We just got to do that. And they're like, no, we're not helping you. And he's like, but it would have been easier. And he just kind of leaves. And they're like, why did that happen? I'm. They're very confused. <laughs> and I'm watching this book of Boba Fett. And I'm like, oh, I totally get it. I totally get who this guy is under the mask. Um, but the fact that they've come into contact with him and he it is now written in that he is 
you know, he does still have a code. That's something we've never recognized in the seven minutes of screen time of Boba Fett. This is his code prior to the Mandalorian and everything prior to that time, his time in the mask, if you will, nice Batman reference, then he is just a kid who's doing horrible things for revenge, right? You know, trying to kill Maze Windu. And I think that, you know, I, I got totally off track and just, went spiraled i spin i spun too much and now i don't remember where i was at um i think that we're just gonna end up getting you know something simple when it comes to bounty hunters right mm -hmm. and and i think that we're gonna get uh i am hopeful truly that we get Cobb vant because he's on tatooine any other people right. on Cobb uh, on tatooine that we know the tuscans even that we know that Cobb uh, vant working yes. with actually could come along yes oh my god this Which, is like this is like a free flow of thoughts. you know what jack let's let's go ahead right now we're here let's build boba fett's team to fight the pikes oh, right let's yes. say let's <laughs> say go. let's say it's boba fett versus all of the pike syndicate so far guaranteed boba fett the mod squad at least those four members of the mod squad if they're still alive those two gamorians and fennec shand yes uh that's, all, yeah. that's who we have currently right that's, that's who we have currently yeah. that okay, is his yeah, squad as of this episode you mentioned the wookie i mentioned uh, chris anton yes perfect okay sorry i was writing something down you're right. good I, and if i didn't then shit He's at. <laughs> um, so that's our squad so far. Hence at Din Djarin coming in. And, and, and Boba Fett has worked with plenty of other bounty hunters in the past as well. Mm -hmm. Right? I don't know if Bosk is still alive. Don't know. There's a few bounty hunters from the Empire Strikes Back that are not still alive. <laughs> they get killed in the War of the Bounty Hunters. And I don't remember who all they are, but a, a good amount of folks die. We haven't even gotten to the fact that the Pike Syndicate still could be a front, and Kira is the one who's really the villain. At the yeah, end that's the a whole nother thing. I mean, then, shit. Then that really does bring in the opportunity for like Lando Calrissian to show up, mm -hmm. right? Because if Kira's involved, he might want to get involved and try and see what's going on. Then again, he probably won't. Um, so who do you got? Who do you got? Uh, you pick three. I'll pick three. All right, so so we said everyone he has currently. Mm -hmm. Are we excluding Din because that's kind of like a, yeah. a given? Okay, it All seems right. given at this. Point. All right, so we'll start with everyone and then Din. All right, we'll go from here. So we'll we'll trade one a piece so we don't like. I don't want to take all three of yours. So the first one I'm gonna go with. I'll go Cobb Vanth. We'll just stick with the nice, easy kind of. That one's not a given, but it I think it makes the most sense. So I'll go Cobb Vanth. What all right? What do you got, Thomas? Cobb Vanth. He brings he brings he brings his whole town. He does bring that relationship to the Tuscans, which is important to Boba Fett. It fits. I like that. I am gonna go. My next one is um oh, I want this to be like a callback to something. Mm. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Captain Rex. Oh my fucking goodness. I'm going to swing for the fences here, bro. I'm swinging, swing, swing, swinging away. I love it. I love the call. 
I don't. I think we're saving Rex for the Ahsoka series. I think so too. Uh, for the first time, like to see him. Um, but that, I mean, I like the clone. I just like the clone aspect of that. Anything with the clones, man. I it's something that I didn't realize until probably like Clone Wars season seven. Yes. Like just how fucking much I love these clones, and like all and all of them. The closer they edge to like murdering everyone is when you go, oh no, <laughs> exactly no. That moment with the, that moment with Ahsoka and Rex in that hangar, you know, I'm not going to be the one who kills him. It's literally it is one of the best scenes in Star Wars, and it, it's animation, and you see every piece of emotion on Captain Rex's face. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's the same thing Obi Wan basically says about Anakin. He says, "I cannot kill him," and then Yoda's mm-hmm. basically like, "And you know that is why you fail or whatever." Yeah. So like, <laughs> I I I agree. Uh, I, that's why I picked Captain Rex. I swing it for okay. the fences, but I, I want more clones. You know, I want clone yes, dialogue. Absolutely, absolutely. So, all right, then I'll you sw- you swung for the fences. So I'll save a a a, a more plausible pick for you. I'm gonna go. With a bounty hunter, not the one that we are we're all thinking of. I'm gonna go with one from the Empire Strikes Back. I don't know if he's alive, and I feel like you could tell me, and I'm forgetting his name. He's got a burnt face. Say or that a again? scarred face. He's got a scarred face. He's got like a like kind of like a it's not a hood, but he's got like is it Dangar? Is it uh what is his name? He's in the um, Empire Strikes Back and he became like a big character that everyone was like like Whoa. Yes. Yes, I do believe it is Rash Dengar. Give me one moment to find that. Good research department is on it. I just feel like that's a guy that like Dave would a hundred percent pull because it's so, it is someone. I don't know if he was in like a bunch of EU stuff, but it, like I know a lot of fans like love seeing him pop up and um, like the idea of that character. So I could, and that's what Filoni and Favreau have done so much in these shows so far. So that I'll I'll save. I'm hoping you take a more plausible pick with yours because I I, I wanted to save that for you. It is Dangar. It is Dangar. Yeah, crude and slovenly, Dangar was nonetheless an effective bounty hunter. Which let me see really quick. Yeah, Dangar the Demolisher. Uh, oh, here, a, look at look at this. He's a Corellian. Oh, is he? Yeah. I didn't know that. It said, it, I, I'm on Star Wars website here, starwars.com. Boba Fett enjoyed working with Dangar and held him in high regard due to his proven track record in hunting down prey. Mmm. I'm poten- not saying it's going to happen. There yeah, is potential. I, there is potential. I'm scrolling and I, uh, well, it's got some sections with New Republic, so it, it seems at least he might live through the end of the Empire. I know that uh, he just reunited with um, Valance in the comics, Baylert Valance, during the quests for uh, during the War of the Bounty Hunters and their quest for Solo, if you will. D- Dengar was at the Battle of Jakku. It looks like, actually. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a. Uh... That's an interesting poll. Okay, here you go. Here we go. Here we go. This is important. Full pardons and some money from the New Republic is what he was given. Uh, Him and two other people. I'm assuming it was in his crew. 
This is coming from Wikipedia. I've not looked into it. You know what, Jack? That's actually that that might be more plausible. Bro, if I just fucking call that, <laughs> I am pulling these receipts out and posting it on Twitter, social media. That would be crazy. That was kind of my wild card pick, but I mean, shit. Now that we're looking it up, so here's the 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 summing of that all. Actually, um, it looks like he and two three other bounty hunters were hired by someone in the New Republic named Jass. And while they were paid the money, and it wasn't you know it wasn't a huge sum, it was enough for them to stop from killing her, and to convince uh, Dengar and the fellow hunters to continue working as their crew. Dengar was particularly pleased by this turn of events and remarked that they needed to watch each other's backs because times were changing. So do they change? Dude. Well, he got a full pardon from the New Republic. So what it's sounding like is if you're going to take on the Pike Syndicate, Dengar's your guy. Jack, Jack, that could be, that could happen. You swung to the fences, dude, and yours is more plausible than mine. (laughs) That's what we just found live on this podcast. Um, Huh. I'm gonna swing for the fences and say Bo-Katan. I really, I really All right. I could that's so you that's know, more I, plausible though. Like I could still see it. True. I mean, it is plausible. I just don't know if it happens yet. Right. Then again, it could be, you know, everything that we get in this, and they said it was, you know, book Mandalorian season 2.5. Maybe that's why it is, you know. That's the point five of it all is just at the mm-hmm. back half of this season. And if Bo-Katan's there, maybe we get like, oh, yeah, we're doing this on Mandalore now and blah, 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 blah. And even Boba Fett, god damn it, I just talked myself into it. Bo-Katan has to show up because if Bo-Katan shows up here, then Boba Fett will have to show up to fight the War of Mandalore. And I got to stick to my guns on... On that being, you know, that event series, we got to go to Mandalore and save Mandalore. And that's where we find Grand Admiral Thrawn. And then, by the way, he's just going to be setting up, trying to find new allies to take on the Grisks. Because that's who his... Anyways, I'm sorry, I went into a deep rabbit hole. I'm listening to the end of the Thrawn chili. Like, I'm so close to Thrawn leaving the Ascendancy and going and hiding in the Empire. Like, I can't fucking wait. And I can't figure out the timeline of everything until I get to the end of the book and they tell me because I'm questioning if this the start of the Thrawn book, I can't tell how far into the empire it is. It's just mm-hmm. the start of the empire. Interesting. So okay. It's it, it or the empire is already established. It could have been year one, two, three, four, five uncertain, yeah, which yeah. would then mean his, his situation with Anakin Skywalker and the clone wars that would have been like the very end of the Clone Wars, which I believe they hinted at, but I'm not 100% certain. So, back from the throne of it all, I have to stick to my guns. If I want all of that to pay off, I have to stick to my guns and say that Bo-Katan has to earn a favor from Boba, from, from Lord Fett. I dig it. I, I like that call. Now that you talked about it more, I could, I could definitely see it happening as a realistic option i don't think Mm -hmm. i was there when we first brought it up i i i can see it now i wasn't Um, either (laughs) (laughs) neither was i with dangar but here we are here we are man um all right so last pick then i'll I'll, all right i left it for you thomas but i'm gonna take it now i'm gonna go Mm. i'm gonna go cad bane the one that everyone wants um who the hell knows if he if like let's just say something came out right now and said yeah he's in it 
I don't know how they would use him. I mean, obviously hiring Bounty Hunter to, for this war, but like if Dave still wants to do that story or recreate it um, of like a face-off between them, maybe it's a rematch, maybe that is canon, what we saw in those kind of like, oh, what would you call it? Animatics mm -hmm. of um, yes. how Bo Boba Fett got the dit in his helmet. Uh, maybe it's a rematch. Um, but yeah, I, I want to see Cad Bane in live action. Honestly, I don't even care if it's Book of Boba Fett. I just want him in live action because I think it would look so good and make so much sense. Yeah, I... Oh my God, dude. I wasn't going to pull out Cad Bane. I was going to kind of let that save because I'm like, <laughs> I, I want to see him, but I don't even know if it's plausible. We don't know if yeah. he's dead or alive. They did use those animatic sequences for his fight with Finnick Shan, and he still lived so uh, okay like okay. uh i believe it was return of the pod uh pointed that out when book bad batch was going through that that fight sequence gotcha. for cad bane his stuff was from that animatic so they were able to reuse it for something and change his fate which is interesting because i think that's a fan movement wanting to save his fate probably <laughs> Zuckus could show up, of course. Forlom, maybe. I think Forlom might be dead now. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm just scrolling Wikipedia here looking for names, ladies and gentlemen. I can't lie to you. Um, interesting. I, I'm not seeing any names. Hmm. I'm not seeing enough. Oh, actually, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. In the aftermath of the Bounty Hunter Wars, only Dengar, Bosk, and several others were left alive. Boba Fett and Dengar once teamed up to capture Han Solo, but failed. Marking the end of their partnership, Bosk eventually retired, Zuckus and Forlom split up and hunted fewer and fewer bounties. Later during the war, the same belief about the highest bid making the rules was ultimately what resulted in the guild siding with the rebels. In that case, Jack-Jack, <laughs> I don't know who I'm going to say. Oh, you know what? I'm not going to go Bounty Hunters. I'm going to go something. I've, I feel I got a feeling. I haven't felt since. Mm. Since Clone Wars. That's insane. Do you think Ahsoka would work with them? You think Ahsoka would come help them out? I don't as think so. As, I don't think so. As much as I don't I think see so. It. Like, unless Captain Rex were there, I don't see it. Yeah, but, I would agree with that. But even then, uh, maybe like a hollow call, like, sorry. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I got a third one right now. Your Dengar pick is what I'm stuck on. Like, that's so, <laughs> like, reading well, then, how he turned out real yeah. live blew my mind. Um, maybe we leave it at the five then. Your two, my three. Maybe we'll just leave it at the five. Yeah, that's, that's, that's I, not I bad. I, I mean, he's already got a decent amount of people. I mean, uh, it is the entire Pikes, but. Well, maybe. I mean, well, he's got Chris Santon, right? He's got his yeah. his his little squad. You get Cobb Vanth, you get his people and the, those Tuscans. And with Din Djarin, you can get those Tuscans too. Right. I want those Tuscans because I want. I don't want to just be like this. The the line he had of his time with the Tuscans made him strong to be the last of it. 
I want to see that relationship still impact him. I know it's not his tribe anymore, but I still want to see just that connection he has to them, that emotional Mm -hmm. connection, spiritual connection to them and his tribe. I want to see that play out in these next three episodes. I don't want this to just like, like we, we said it like these four episodes were all in a way kind of filler and set up. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just see them go by the wayside. Like I, I want to make sure we're still touching on these themes that we've seen uh, in these first four episodes. So now again, yes. again, something I'm thinking about more. I want the Tuscans badly now to be involved in this. Same, same. Uh, I like the five. I like the five. Cause then, All right. you know, Bo-Katan could come with Mandalorians. She could. Yeah. Like, I mean, it- I was trying to think of people who would come with a squad and it seems like, Dengar comes with a small squad as well. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, you know who we didn't even touch on? Anyone from the Republic. Actually. Would they come in to stop the Pike Syndicate? That's a good question. I don't... you know what? I got you. I, I got I got the sixth one. Do it, baby. <clears throat> I believe his name was Trapper Wolf. And that's Dave Filoni. That is Dave Filoni. <laughs> <laughs> that's my other pick. I think he can, yeah, you know what, man? Like, you're a nice guy. Yeah. Boba Fett, like, you're a nice guy. Sure, man. Like, you helped us out. Well, actually, I don't know if he'd be, but like, other people, are, I vouch for Boba Fett. <laughs> I was about to try to do a Dave Filoni impression, but it was just going to turn into my George Lucas impression. <laughs> you know, <laughs> another one I just. You know, would Bosk come out of retirement for him? I don't know. I don't know. He kind of wronged him a few too many times. But he did. Bosk helped race him, right? I was that He was Bosk? a part of his crew in a very early age, I do believe. Maybe. Maybe. But speaking of Trandoshans, by the way, I looked up, and maybe you mentioned this while you are doing that scene, but Wookiees and Trandoshans do not like each other apparently. Oh. And that is why Black, it wasn't just the fact that he was pissed off and he's seen all these guys have a good time. I think Trandoshans hunted down Wookiees a lot and like used their pelts as like a sign of victory and stuff. So I don't think he was too happy to see those Trandoshans in the bar having the time of their lives winning money. So a a thing I looked up because it was just, there seemed to be more there than just Kersantan being a badass angry Wookiee. He, you know, they talked about sleeping Trandoshan guards, right? That he actually beat up a whole batch of hunters um, uh. um, that were on a hunt trying to find whatever. And he baited them, killed all but one, had them take him back to the Zanti brothers who trained him as a gladiator. He wanted to be trained mm. as a gladiator because he had, he had, uh, he had to flee Kashyyyk because he, right, yeah, was, I read up he on dishonored them. So yeah. um, then he meets the Zanti brothers, and I do believe they might be Trandoshan. I'm not 100%. I haven't looked into that specific part, but he ends up killing them, and uh, adding the Trandoshan and Wookiee dislike makes a lot of more sense yeah. now, too, on top That's of why that. I love that scene. So I looked it up right away. I was like, man, this scene's really good. It's got yeah. layers that you don't realize are there. Layers. And because Brian's not here, we can talk about how – fucking gorgeous garza is right like my yeah God. klein you know man, i think <laughs> nah. you should come around on that because i do understand the the flesh yeah it's it's a little off lake-y. it's a little off-putting but you know what 
she looks good. And correct me if I'm wrong. Look, um, Tamira Morrison in his 60s, Ming-Na Wen in her 60s as well, I believe. FNA. I awesome. or either that or late 50s. And then Jennifer Beals, who plays Garza, I believe is also kind of up there in the age, but these people are looking good. Yeah. Like they look young, they look vibrant, like good for them. I could only hope. I mean, I'm already kind of cracking down. I'm 21. <laughs> that's what i said and here we are <laughs> nine years later my guy but no i i agree i need a i need a back to tank i need my own back to tank it's simple uh we need nice. our own back to tanks a couple notes i wanted to say before we get out of here one of my favorite things about this show so far um you know as i said chapter one through three uh it, it was to show you why we are getting a boba fett show by focusing on his morals and his character chapter four tells you why he wants to be the head of a family with his honorable and code yeah. lifestyle of being a hunter and killer uh i think chapter four is what we were expecting all along and by delaying it i think like i said it feels more earned but along that journey in some ways boba is the audience he's not knowing the current power situation learning about things that happened during his time in the Sarlacc pit and how the galaxy is as well. And in others, he is way ahead of the audience. He's usually uh, in the sense of like his point of view, his motives, because he does rarely speak. And so that's kind of how we learn about the character in other ways. Um, and that's where he's ahead of us. But now he seems to be all caught up with the audience and he's now the audience character. So, Oh, well, we're going to get hunters and Phoenix going to do all the looking. So he doesn't know. And I don't know, but along the way, he just takes the lead. And that's kind of my favorite thing about this slow burn of a gangster thing of a gangster, you know, mobster film. It's the buildup. It's the gathering storm, if you will. Oh, what a tie in buddy. That's what a good. tie. In. That's uh, yeah, I because I, I agree. I, I I'm, it's so weird. I, I, for me personally, the show is such a mixed bag, but here I am, we're going roughly two hours here. A lot of it's speculation and a lot of it's just talking about it. And it might just be because we're getting Star Wars content every week and I'm just happy. Yeah. But like even the speculation there, it, there it's something that speaks to the show of like what it's done to me or how it, the effect it's had on me in the sense of, I really do think it's a mixed bag. I think it's fine overall. That was in my tweet. I think it's fine so far. Mm -hmm. But here I am, I guess I am like really invested in it because I'm speculating. And maybe it's just I'm I'm in this universe that Favreau and Filoni have built really with only the Mandalorian so far. But of course, the, I think the, the foundation of the Mandalorian was the Clone Wars, was Rebels, was mm -hmm. Filoni's work there. And speaking of that, Thomas, I have a question for you. Okay. We've talked about how these first four episodes are kind of filler, definitely set up. And I, I've been on record about how much I hate that word filler, specifically applied to the Star Wars animated shows um, and mm. even Mando. This one less so because this is, like I said earlier, more serialized. So I think filler, there's definitely more context to a filler episode. But would this show have worked better in a binge format released all at once? Here you go. Because... I'll tell you this. My initial answer to this when I wrote the question was, yes, 
specifically because of these four episodes. But what you just talked about, about the slow pace and how it's building momentum for some people, for others, maybe not. But it, mm-hmm. certainly the plot is building momentum. I think that's more like factual, like we're getting there. And now we've heard rumors about these last three episodes. I'm kind of glad we've been on this journey week by week. But I'm still thinking maybe the binge could have been a better way to go here. What what, what are your thoughts on this, Thomas? Mm, I have a yes and a no. On the yes side, I think in terms of reception, it would be beloved. Because, you know, we have it all. I think in terms of the nuances and the layers it would it would take away from it because you're just yeah i gotta finish it and now and in this series a lot of people aren't gonna go back and just throw on episode one two three or four it feels like mm-hmm. i get five six and seven are like the war and a trilogy of epic stories of warfare and such and then the first four are like the setup and the the buildup and the making you care about Boba Fett doing this. Like, not like, oh yeah, I can't wait to see him do all this stuff. But like, I, I just thought of this. What if Boba Fett dies at the end of this episode, like this season, dude? It's a possibility. If it, if it wasn't for Mando season three already being announced or the fact that they've announced this event storytelling with the Mandalorian universe, I would, I, I would think it could happen. And it still could happen. It still could. I think they were referencing specifically, they said Ahsoka, Rangers of the New Republic, and, well, to be fair, that also was before we found out about Book of Boba Fett at the beginning. Yeah, so, like, that's the thing. They still, I don't think they've announced that they're, like, this is a part of that, but I think it was kind of inherent with the tag at the end of Mando Season 2 that it is part of that. They just didn't want it announced yet. Fair, fair. Um, Overall... Oh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, bingeable, it's definitely going to be very bingeable because it's short and a lot of setup and it's a mobster movie. So, like, I kind of got I was expecting what we've gotten so far. I've been taken aback at how different it is than I thought in terms of really taking its time with unfolding the story for us. Yeah, but I do think that my preference is the week to week because it's easier for me to do. Like I'm complaining about fitting in a two and a half hour movie today. I have watched the book of Boba Fett three times. So <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel you. <laughs> it's just kind of like, I have the time and I force it in there, but it's different. Like watching the movie, you watch it and you're done. You're like, okay, let's talk about the whole thing. When you're in the series and you're going chapter by chapter, you find more stuff every time i rewatch i i find something new right and Mm -hmm. i i really do challenge everyone and i'm gonna do this myself to watch chapters one through four to see how we feel about it because it really does feel like we're done we're going it's all steam ahead because you know we've we've caught up with the trailer basically yeah which Fun fact, a uh, question for you off the top of my brain. How do you feel about the quote of if we showed the second half of episode one, it would be a major spoiler. How do we feel about that now after chapter four? Because I think its intention is still the same as it was. And it lands still the same way, which is the flashback sequences. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, getting those flashbacks would be a huge spoiler because then yeah. everyone would be theorizing about two timelines. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think I don't I just don't think he what we do, especially in speculation, is we look at every single word and we take mm -hmm. it as truth. Yes. And I think he meant something different than the words he actually spoke, which is fine. I mean, I, I'm, I've certainly even done that on this podcast. Like, it, like, I just don't think he wanted to get too specific with it, but he was just basically referencing the fact like, look, we're doing these flashbacks. There's these two timelines, really. I can't get into it. The trailers can't get into it. It's going to be a spoiler. Um, but you know, honestly, I do think the trailers maybe could have shown a little bit more thinking about it. Like just maybe just a little bit more because the trailers were underwhelming to me, but I was still like hyped. Like mm -hmm. I was still like, yeah, let's do this Boba Fett. But uh, yeah, looking back on them, I, I, I think they could have maybe done, they could have used a little bit more of the footage. Um, but that's just me, you know. Uh, we, we, all, we all have our different different opinions. We all have our different opinions. We have dove all the way into the Sarlacc pit on this episode of Reckless Rebels. Uh, be sure to follow us on Reckless uh, on Twitter, excuse me, at Reckless Rebels. All one word, no hyphens, no spaces. Before we get out of here, of course, we're going to get to uh, the recommendations for the audience. And you know, right now, I love Star Wars. So that means you love Star Wars, hopefully. Uh, and if you can't get enough of it, can't get enough Star Wars talk specifically, then I recommend Return of the Pod, Fat Man Beyond, and Boba's Weekly Bounty. That last one is hosted by Nerd Culture over on Facebook. And of course, check out our friends at The Direct Podcast, hosted by Matt Rimke and Liam Crowley. Again, for the people in the back, for the last one, that's The Direct Podcast. And for the... To actually tomorrow uh wrapping up the sequel star wars sequel trilogy with trilogy of trilogies with leah and beth ann of she will rock you pod with how many times am i going to say with here rise <laughs> of skywalker um we're, we're wrapping it up and we've been very harsh on the rise of skywalker and i think we're all about to praise the rise of skywalker because we all feel a lot better about it on rewatch it seems um so jack jack my guy what kind yes, of recommendations sir. for the audience do you have uh check out euphoria um it's it i i recommend you get in a certain headspace before you watch it it's it's pretty tough uh, a lot going on a lot of craziness a lot of real stuff um gritty stuff uh but it's a good show and it honestly if you if you like zendaya in the slightest her performance is phenomenal um also yes check out the direct podcast i'm so 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 curious to see what they think about this episode we saw yes. a little bit of a tease from Liam crowley at, at mm -hmm. least uh, um <laughs> uh, interesting though i i'm, I'm just i'm so curious because I, I do love that podcast and um those guys you know there are different um i think fans of star wars star wars has so many different types of fans because you know mm -hmm. they're not as into uh I would say the mythology and like the animated stuff as we are. And I love hearing different star Wars takes from different types of star Wars fans. So be sure to check that out guys. And um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll be back next week with the book of Boba Fett scene. If any of our predictions came true, maybe not, <laughs> maybe they did. We'll see. Uh, but be sure to follow me on Twitter at Jack Pews, all one word P U E S um that's where i talk about all this geeky stuff 
Yes, uh, my recommendation for the audience is Peacemaker. I that was the show I was. Oh, that earlier. was the other one I wanted yeah. to think of. Yes, Peacemaker <laughs> people, go Peacemaker. watch it. James Gunn. Uh, what do you expect from him other than a heartfelt character that you shouldn't give a damn about, and then you give a damn about him and everybody else, and then the the best character is the fucking eagle. <laughs> eagle. <laughs> Hold on, let me rephrase that. Not the best character, but Eagly is easily my favorite character. It's voiced, <laughs> voiced Star Wars reference, voiced by D. Bradley Baker. Legend. Dude, big dream my goals man. here. We got to get D. Bradley Baker on the podcast. Oh, my God, dude. So we can wax yes. poetic and he just goes, yeah, I know. All right. <laughs> um, and, of course, you can find me on the Twitter sphere. Uh, I'll find all of my links across the social media, including website, etc. Linktree.com forward slash TC Rochester Act. That is T-C-R-O-C-H-E-S-T-E-R-A-C-T. Jack, we've done it, man. We've reached the end of the podcast. This one's bloated. We, we did it. Who knew that really two is. people would go to two hours, man? Tangent know, time, I'm uh, <laughs> I am not. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we've reached the end of the show. Remember... Your ally is the force, and a powerful ally it is. We have spoken. Get some twin sunlight and stay hydrated. This was podcasting. Yippee!